there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the last. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it, young ball. Continues to wear him up. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers go into New York without a single power forward and lose to a team of only power forwards, 123-105. No Kevin Love or Larry Nance Jr. in this game. Kevin Porter Jr. gets his first career start. And with me today to help break everything down is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Uh, It's good. Uh, We kind of thought that the Cavs were in for a rough go the next week or two. And uh, if they had a winnable game in the stretch, it was this one. Uh, and uh, it did not go great. Yeah, not not great, Bob. Um, this As soon as I saw Kevin Love was out along with Nance, uh, my head kind of sunk because we had talked about how bad this stretch is in, in November. And for that one winnable game to really turn this into a terrible matchup with not having a power forward on the roster, it's a tough blow. It's a tough blow, but it's also probably a healthy dose of reality for this roster and and for all of us fans as well. Um, The the game against the Sixers, I did not get the chance to watch live. Um, I was watching my Winnipeg Blue Bombers advance to the Grey Cup, first time since 2011. And we're hoping pal. we're hoping to end that lifelong drought. Uh, the the last one the year before I was born. So um, in a week's time, I will either be in a great or terrible mood. That's nice. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm rooting for you. Uh, it's it's your time, bro. Um, don't. It's if you had if it was ever your time, it's this. Um, <laughs> it's really the last thing on my sports bucket uh, list. Yeah. How much does uh, where does this sort of uh, fit in as compared to a Cavs title for you? I, I would take this now over another Cavs title. Um, to be no, clear. no, I'm saying compared to 2016. Oh, 2016 would be the most. So it, it actually worked out pretty well. So when LeBron left, um, I really wanted the Cavs to be the first team to win a championship for me because uh, that's the, just the team I care about the most. Um, and then 2011, as I mentioned, we, we go to the Great Cup. We, we lose by one possession, basically, um, one, one score game. And I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm at least okay with the, the Bombers getting a title before the Cavs. That didn't go that way. Did not go that way at all. Uh, we, <laughs> now, now with the, uh, the Cavs having won a title, um, I would take this over to Jets, uh, Stanley Cup. Um, this this would be a, a very, very big deal for me, especially as a uh, season ticket holder. 
we are doing this with our third quarterback of the season, uh, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I will will be an underdog, but that seems to always be the case. Yeah, wouldn't be uh, a team you like if they weren't tortured and uh, expected to lose. No, absolutely. And um, af- after the the high of Sunday, I did watch Cavs Sixers um, this Sorry. morning. Now, Why? It's well because I I'm thorough. I'm thorough. Don't don't you dare question me on why watch the Cavs. You're you're just going to add more fuel to that fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's funny. We we've mentioned this before, but to see an Al Horford team that isn't a good matchup for the Cavs is really really funny. Like when you have four guys. Hard to fathom, really. Yeah, when you have four guys over six ten in the starting lineup and you're starting two point guards, it's going to be tough. Um, it that's actually. I would question how they match up against a team like Toronto that has a lot of talent, but again, is starting the two point guards that their size. And when they start to figure things out, it is going to be really, really interesting. And it's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Um, so they just, they went out there and they did what they were supposed to do. Um, I'm happy. Kevin Love's injury was not more serious. Um, and yeah, Al, Al decked him on that play. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's that really a hard foul. It's tough to see father-son violence like that, um, but that's that's what we had to deal with. But yeah, I mean, so the Sixers as well as the Knicks, with the l- lack of size for the Cavs, just really did end up being two poor matchups. Um, and then there's also just the reality of, hey, the the Cavs right now are still relying on a lot of young guys, and that growth isn't going to be linear. Um, you are going to have kind of some growing pains along the way. When this team is clicking on all cylinders, they can play like a fringe playoff team, which we saw earlier in the season. And that's going to be ca- the case throughout this year. When, when they're healthy and they're clicking, they can play like a fringe playoff team. But when you're relying on this many young guys and veterans that do have a shaky medical history, in all likelihood, you're once again going to be in line for a top 10 pick in the draft. Yep, which is where the Cavs were likely always going to end up. Um, right. And I think anyone who is predicting otherwise was, you know, feeling themselves a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, this team is not super good. Um, and teams that aren't super good don't really have a lot of margin for error to be missing stuff. Like, we've talked a lot about how this roster construction doesn't make sense, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because they're just act, they're just acquiring talent, so you know any path up that mountain works. Yeah, uh, there there haven't been any free agent signings for this <laughs> roster for this court. Like they have not added anybody with actual salary um, since they started drafting. Um, yeah, at this point, the veterans they've acquired have all been kind of the price tag to acquire a pick. And I, I don't think you can judge what Kobe Altman's vision for this roster is until next season once the, the Cavs actually have some space. Yeah, uh, Billy in the chat just kind of said, Jaddy at four is super bad, don't do that. And, you know, I think the counter to that is obviously uh, what the hell else are you going to do? Um, well, I, I will – sorry they to they cut just, you off. Yeah. I do think the minutes we've got from Alfonso McKinney the last two games um, and his strength as a rebounder – kind of makes me lean towards him if you need to start a replacement for hopefully love won't be out for too long um but 
even though Jetty has the size and the strength to theoretically play the four, he does not have the nose for the ball. Um, he doesn't know how to play defense at that position very well. He has made some good strides this season defensively, but that's just it's it's completely out of position for him and and I don't think that he's ready to play those minutes and I'd much rather have McKinney yeah uh I I guess um but come on it's not like you know I think uh Ryan it's not going to be good I mean it's not a solution that's going to win games yeah he's always fond of saying like if if x player off the bench is your solution you're asking the wrong question. You know, it solves the is your answer. You're asking the wrong questions. You know, right? <laughs> like, and that's kind of the way I feel about. Like, yeah, maybe I guess McKinney could do a little better than Jetty, but like, better enough to be noteworthy. I don't know. Like, I just feel like when you're starting as small of a backcourt as they have, it really helps to have some extra size up front. So small ball on the three and the four with the two guys they've got in the backcourt. It's like just about every team in the league is going to steamroll him. And this is actually about the only good matchup for the Knicks is a team that's small and can be bullied uh, down low. And they bullied them. Um, They weren't even that effective. I mean, really, it was offense. The the Cavs uh, turned the ball over like crazy. And and it was a big freaking problem. I mean, they had 19 turnovers to 18 assists. Yeah. Uh, The the Knicks trapped every pick and roll. And Mm – it was like the the guards on the Cavs had never seen a, a trap in their lives. Though I guess Steli is not used to needing to be trapped. Not normally a big uh, point of emphasis um, for opposing game plans. But, you know, it's a gimmick defense that would never work against anyone else. But it worked against the Cavs tonight. Yeah, I, I have in my game notes from earlier in this game that what Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. really lack at this stage of their career is a counter. They, they need a counter that they can execute at an NBA level because the Knicks were absolutely anticipating that they wanted to drive. Um, and they knew Kevin Porter Jr. wanted to get to his left. Um, once Garland was getting into the lane and they had a defender in position, they know that he's going to try to pass out. You, you had R.J. Barrett uh, read his kick out to the corner a couple times. Um, the, both of them need to kind of – establish those tendency breakers and, and work on that aspect of their game just so that they're a little less predictable because teams are starting to get film on this team. They're starting to make some adjustments. And and especially when you're starting the two of them along with Colin Sexton, who is also looking to get to the rim, it just made the Cavs offense a little too predictable. And they just really couldn't find anything uh, to get them going or any go-to sets and that's really why you saw the, the offense fall apart tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just obvious this team doesn't have enough creativity off the bounce, and they don't really know beeline systems yet. And then there's also not a ton of shooting. It's just, especially with no love, you know, it's just there wasn't anyone that really could make the cat the Knicks pay for all their traps. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Decision making was slow. Like they would. They would hit uh, either Tristan or Zizic flashing up to the free throw line after the trap, and they would be a set, take a second too long to make the pass to the corner. You know, these are the passes you just have to know to make and yeah. the reads you have to know to make, and they have to be more instinctual, and the Cavs just weren't able to do it. Um, before we spend too much time burying them, because it was an ugly game. It's now a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, their next games are – 
at Miami, at Dallas versus Portland versus Brooklyn versus Orlando versus Milwaukee versus Detroit versus Orlando at Philly at Boston versus Houston at San Antonio at Milwaukee at Toronto. Well, the good news is there's maybe two wins there. Yeah, the good news is if they get a win over that stretch, which I'm sure they will because it's basketball and and things happen, um, it's going to feel great. It's going to feel great when they get wins. uh, But the one thing I do want to point to is nights like tonight are actually an opportunity in some ways. If you are going to have some time where the game, the, the result isn't really in question and it's a bit of a blowout, you have an opportunity for some of these young guys to just go out there and get reps. Um, to go out there to try things to be aggressive and I thought Kevin Porter Jr. did a real good job capitalizing on that um, I thought he yeah, improved- that's where I wanted to go I wanted yeah. to go to KPJ next yeah I, I thought that he in the second half you you could see him improving throughout the game he got a little more confidence he took two threes in the second half that I off the just, bounce off the bounce, incredibly confident shots. And, and that's the type of thing that you'd love to see from him, especially when he had a, a relatively rough first half where he, I believe he was one of seven at the line or, or two of seven at the line. Um, just things that could get into a young player's head. It's clear that he has uh, a mental toughness and a in confidence that, that really helped him work through that. And I, I think what he was able to do in the third and fourth quarter is something that can carry forward to other games. But it's also something that I would really like to see from Darius Garland at some point. I'd love to see him take advantage of garbage time minutes and just go up there, get some shots up, work through your misses, and start to get some of that offensive confidence. Yeah, I, I don't want to get to yelling at Darius yet because I'm getting a little frustrated. Okay, but we, we can think, get to that a little yeah. later. Yeah, I think KPJ um, had his best game as a Cav. I think he was arguably the Cavs' best player on the floor tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought his he was able to – his ability to generate angles to attack um, is really, really strong. And his athleticism as a finisher is really starting to show a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, those mid-air – uh, 10% adjustments to his body that most players can't make. Yeah. I think he's got those. Uh, obviously, his line looks a lot worse if he misses two of his six threes of the three threes he made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's a fine game. It's one where we're talking about, oh, he looks encouraging, even if the numbers aren't backing it up. But 18 points on 11 shots, that's really exciting. And that's even with four straight missed free throws. I mean, if he makes a couple of those, he's up to a, his first 20-point game as a pro. Yeah. So you do have to find those kind of silver linings. Every time he was I, – I find myself more and more um, when he comes onto the floor thinking, okay, he's going to do some good stuff. The cat, Like, I'm happy to see him out there. Me not too. Not just because he's an intriguing person to watch. Um, so, and really for mid-November, like, we are a month into this season now. For that to be the case for a guy that was widely considered to be a, a raw talent, um, that that should feel really good. I'm, I mean, Garland isn't where we would want him to be at this point, but for one of the and obviously Windler hasn't been able to play yet. Um, but for one of the Cavs' first round picks to be looking confident and and you feel good when he's out there that even if he's going to make mistakes he's likely going to make up for it at some point that that's that's really really encouraging in my opinion 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think he's looked really, really good. And boy, would I love to see uh, Darius Garland um, pick up what he's putting down because <laughs> I'm getting pretty frustrated, Justin. Can you talk? How are you feeling? You know what? I he, I think this is a, a really important thing to talk about because at, at times I think you and I, we can get on our pulpit and we can tell people how to feel. And I, I never love doing that. I mean, I love sharing my opinion and I want everyone to agree with my opinion because I have a fragile ego. But with Garland, I think it's fair to have some frustration because you do see the flashes out there. You know that he's capable of hitting these crazy step back shots. The, the good with him looks so good. And for him to really have it in his head that he wants to be kind of a pass first player and to really be taking his time before he gets into the deep end uh, of his NBA career here. Um, I can see how that would be very frustrating. There, there are times where it frustrates me. Um, personally, I do have my, my patience hasn't really run thin yet. Um, I, if this is still the case by f- like January, February, I'm going to start to be a little frustrated, a little discouraged. Ultimately the this season could be a write-off for him and I don't think it necessarily means a whole lot for his NBA career um, but I, I do think that it's going to turn around at some point this season and, and I do think there are things that the Cavs can do to, to help him look a little bit better as well I think they what they can do is say shoot the fucking ball <laughs> like, did you see Chris I, Manning's suggestion I, I thought it was a really really great point and it's something that now I'm running with so his his suggestion was for Garland. He he's apparently only shared the court with Delhi for about seven minutes this season. The oh, thought, that's interesting. The thought process is to have Delhi out there to run a little bit more of the offense and get the team into their sets, and Garland being able to go almost a little bit into that Sexton role where he's moving off ball. He's he's looking more to score just to help get him a little more aggressive. I think that's something that the Cavs can utilize and simplify the game for him, just so that he can once again kind of get that scorer's mentality, get back to what he's been throughout his career. And then when he does move back to the the point guard role, he might be able to recognize those opportunities a little bit better. Yeah, I I just think they're not I, – I wonder how they're coaching him because mm-hmm. – No, that's a great question, yeah. It seems like – he has so many opportunities and, and I mean, he's, he's passing up on wide open catch and shoot opportunities right now mm-hmm. and, and dribbling to tr- and penetrating and kicking. And he has to understand. And the, I hope the Cavs staff also understands that sometimes the best shot, you know, like I understand passing up a, 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 a medi- medium to slightly above average look early in the shot clock in pursuit of something better but without love on the floor with the Cavs uh personnel as limited as it is at times sometimes that is the best shot and if Garland is given four feet of space on a catch uh with 19 seconds left on the shot clock I do not care yeah he should be pulling no I I completely agree and Again, this is such a weird conversation to have about a Cavs guard that, that's been yeah, drafted. I don't even know how to handle it. It's really frustrating. <laughs> it, it's so weird, and it, it's so out of my comfort zone. But it, 
the, I guess the encouraging thing is it doesn't feel like it's a massive adjustment. It feels like it is something that could change very it, over a very short period of time, just a little bit better decision making. And he'll look a lot better as a result. And I mean, talk about making yourself look a little bit better with one decision. That's what our friends at Untuck It are able to do for you. You ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Never Why? in my life uh, do it, I want it, to. It's, it's a tough look, Carter. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt that's actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your shape or size, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, and slim guys, as well as athletic guys of all ages. Are you a slim or an athletic guy, Justin? I, I, I go athletic, especially when it comes to jeans. Um, I, I learned recently that there are good quality jeans. I, I've never really done that, but I, I'm sure those jeans would look great with an Untucked shirt. Hell yeah, brother. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off. I feel like you had a hard time at the end of that read there, Justin. I did. You know what? They, there, was, uh, there was a few bumbles. Uh, it, was, uh, it was my tribute to the Cavs sloppy play. Yeah, you, you were rumbling, bumbling, and stumbling. Um, I think we would be remiss if we also didn't shout out... Um, friend of the pod uh harry's razors um not an ad read this week but they're an ad read for us damn it because i lost my beloved travel cover um and a friend of the pod uh ed the revelator on twitter uh added harry's every day this week asking them to send me a new travel cover and uh they really upped their ante by sending me seven travel covers uh a travel case and three wonderful smelling body washes. So you, you I am ready to hit the road. Me. Bless, bless Harry's for being such great people and hooking you up, but you disgust me with you, your shameless begging. You, well, I, again, I didn't, I didn't beg at all. Um, Justin, I'm going to, I'm something of an influencer <laughs> and uh, Harry's <laughs> just kind of knows uh, where to make their money. You know, they know who they got to keep happy. They they got the finger on the pulse. They they know the ad read boys uh, need a, need a hookup, and they uh, they delivered. Um, but Was yeah, it worth it? Who's to say? Who's to say? I, I I'm just glad that you no longer have a missing travel cover in your life, and hopefully it won't be much longer until the Cavs no longer have the Kevin Love missing from their life, because him yeah. being out really has shown just how little sense this roster makes. Um, yeah, I mean, well, there aren't any power forwards in the league anymore, and I understand that, but the Cavs don't even have fake power forwards. The the Knicks disagree with there not being any power forwards in the league. They just there, there's no there's them. no power forwards in the league cuz they hog them all. 
honestly, how nice would Bobby Portis be for this Cavs scene? That dude oh, sucks. Oh, I would like that. And he sucks. He's garbage, and I, I would never want to play with him. And the Cavs really could use a guy like him. I, I hope my guy Grads isn't listening to this because he's a very big Bobby Portis fan. I actually think Bobby Portis can give teams decent minutes. I, I think he's a nice little backup power forward. I don't think he's much more than that. but no, um, He plays like an asshole. He does, I, but I, I like that. I, I like guys that play like an asshole. You, you need one of those coming off the bench no matter what the situation is. Not a power forward, I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it was just ugly. And you know what I've ne- kind of noticed is the last three games, um, the, you can kind of tell how discombobulated the Cavs have been mm-hmm. as Tristan Thompson has just disappeared. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was averaging like 19 and 13 for a stretch this season. And his last three games, he scored two, 12, and nine with three, nine, and five rebounds. It's funny. As the team goes stagnant, that's when you start to see the impact of guys like Tristan Thompson and Jetty Osman kind of fall off. Those are guys that when the ball is moving, when you have spacing out there, that's when they really make an impact. They, they make an impact by finding those passing lanes off ball and, and doing all the little things. But when you need big things to be done, they are not the guys you can go to. And, and I, I know there was a thought out there on Twitter of, oh, maybe Tristan Thompson is the Cavs' best player. No, no, no. He is a very, very, very high-end role player when he's healthy. Uh, he's a great guy to have. He's not an all-star, but he is a perfect piece for a team that actually makes sense. The Cavs right now are not that team. Yep, I completely agree. There's my uh, customary yawn. I was just uh, about to say, we, we, yeah. we received a review that mentioned that the, their, the highlight of every podcast is when Carter yawns in the middle of answering a question or, or starting a sentence. You, you just, you come by that honestly. You, you didn't do that on purpose there. That was not on purpose. I just, it, you know, it's dark and it's dark outside and, um, you know, I'm just hanging out with my bud. I could I could fall asleep pretty much whenever now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting ready to hit uh, peak dad, uh, just falling asleep sitting up in a chair. Oh, my God. Um, can't wait to get there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just always vaguely tired lately. So uh, How much, how much longer out, do you have until the whole child thing? Well, uh, I think we're technically, like, viable, like, tomorrow. Um, and then December 17th is the projected due date, but my, my God, uh, if we wanted to do a chase down pool, I would, my bets on December 3rd, I, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to take the over. Um, it would be really funny if go time happened mid record, especially if we're live on Twitch as well, because I would have no way of canceling the stream. I would have absolutely no idea what to do. And it would just be me filibustering for like a couple of days until you came back. Well, let me tell you, I went to an eight hour birthing class at the hospital on Saturday. And, uh, you know, little did you know, Justin, TV and uh, film is lied to us a little bit. Okay. Um, because that's not really how labor typically works. <laughs> There's not <laughs> a lot of rushing to the hospital done. You, you actually have like quite a bit of heads up. Uh, ah at least normally most of the time also the water breaking normally happens at the hospital that's not how it starts ah 
I was I was going to say that uh, her water would break or something like on, that. I, only I eleven. They told us that only eleven percent of the time uh, does that signify the beginning of labor. Normally, you're already at the hospital by the time that happens. <laughs> Are so, we going to start making facts. prop bets on on your childbirth? Well, let me tell you something um, about this class, since the calves aren't that interesting to talk about uh, as they slog through this brutal early schedule. Did you know, Justin, that in almost every birth, you rip your taint as you push the baby out? It just tears, and that's just ex- expected behavior. I I was not aware of that. And we were in the class, and this woman rightfully was like, Jesus Christ, if that even has a chance of happening, why wouldn't I get an epidural just out of, you know, to be prepared? That's a great question. And the teacher said, trying to be comforting, mind you, that, well, you're kind of in so much pain that you don't notice. And I don't find that comforting at all. That's that's horrifying. Speaking of a ripped taint, Brandon Knight hit uh, four (laughs) of eight threes tonight. I just thought you'd like to hear that, and it'll reinforce your decision never to be a breeder. (laughs) <laughs> no kidding that is a, a horrifying reality yeah brendan knight 12 minutes 12 points in those minutes four of eight threes he only took threes again that is not somebody and i was very frustrated to see him share the court with darius garland because that's not someone that's going to take the play playmaking burden off of his shoulders and kind of allow him to be a little more assertive um, I think there was a stretch of about six or seven possessions where the only time Garland got a touch uh, was when he got the defensive rebound. And yeah. I'm, I'm starting to really come around on trying to get a few more minutes with Garland and Delhi out there, even though I know Bayline views them as his only two playmakers at, at the guard position. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think you're right, by the way. But I will say this. Um, I think this is much more I think this is much more of a Darius problem than it is a lineup problem. problem. No, no, I agree. Like it, it happens at, with every to, matchup or every pairing. Yeah. He is open often. He is not shooting often. And mm-hmm. so the only thing that I mean it's the only way I can I can rationalize in my head is that He's, he's passing up opportunities, and oftentimes he is shooting, but he's just not taking particularly high percentage shots. Like he, Some of these layup finishes are – he has no angle. I don't care how much touch you have, you're not, unless you're Kyrie. You're not making a lot of these layups. So, right. I don't know. I think he's just got to start pulling from three a lot more, and honestly, I even want him pulling from mid-range way more. No, I agree. I, he has that step back. I think he can utilize that in the lane. It's almost like – he should borrow kind of some of Sexton's playbook from last season where he, he was doing yep. a lot of those step backs in the lane because he didn't have the floater yet. I know Garland likes to go to the floater, but he doesn't really have it yet. Um, I, I think it's going to take some time until he can really execute that as at an NBA level. I think it takes a lot of guards time to execute that type of play at, at an NBA level. So um, for him to uh, do I, little step backs in the lane, I think he's going to be able to create space doing that. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, compare myself to an NBA coach here, and I won't. But sometimes when I'm coaching, like, new talent uh, at work on air, mm-hmm. uh, and even even you, if you'll recall, uh, 
I, I always tell them that they, they all inevitably talk way too fast. <laughs> and I always tell them they have to slow down. And I've even told you that when you're reading. Yep, your ad reads, you got to slow down. Um, and I always say... It was a novel concept. I had no idea that I should be doing that. It's made a big difference. You're welcome. But I always say, if you, like, if you somehow manage to go too slow, I'll let you know. But like, <laughs> I guarantee you I'm not going to. Uh, not going to have to. I feel this way about Darius Garland, except I wanted to tell him to start playing like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Take, nope. a, take a page out of Bobby Portis's book. I like and and like if I were the coach, I'd say if I think you're being a dick, I'll let you know. But until then, fire away, big fella. I do like how much conversation is happening out there. I think there was one time where Garland passed up a shot and I ended up turning the ball over, and and Sexton was talking to him and trying to break down what he saw with the play. I do like that that there is still that communication out there, and um, I I really hope that there is some kind of growth here from Garland. I, I think. I think even if the results aren't changing and and you're still losing a lot of these games, if he went out there and started hitting more shots, I I think it would kind of ease the minds of a lot of Cavs fans. Yeah. I just think let him work through it. Like he airballed a three in this game. And I thought, good for you. Just take it. Just keep taking it and figuring out what aggressive Darius looks like because this version of Darius can't really help the team enough. I no. mean, he's made some interesting passes. That's fine. Let's look for the shot first, especially in a game like this. Like, come on, what are you doing? No, I, I completely agree. There, there isn't anybody on the team that can do what Garland's doing when he's playing well. Um, when when he Correct. is out there, he's being aggressive. He's creating for himself and others. There, there aren't any other guards on the team that, really have that in their bag um I, I think sexton could do some of that but he, he's not as talented of a passer um no it, it should be mentioned though that i i think even though these matchups have been rough and there's been a lot of length to deal with i think colin sexton has consistently played pretty well this season i i feel pretty good about where he's at at his at this point in his development right now yeah i mean even he's stagnating a little bit um yep you know it's just like just going up against these huge dudes every night. I kind of feel bad for him. Like, like he kind of, and you know, but I, and you know, what I've noticed um, more often than not teams are starting to put their better defender on him instead of Garland. Yeah. Nope. They're, they're early on in the that. season. They were giving Garland the respect, you know, as the, you know, hyped scorer. And now Sexton's starting to get more of a more tough assignments, but I mean, about as dependable for at least 16 17 points as you'll see i mean you look at his his last like eight games it's 21 points 10 points 21 points 16 31 18 15 17 the four prior to that eight 18 18 18 16 like that he is just you know exactly what you're getting out of him on any given night and it's kind of nice mm-hmm yeah, it's uh, it it is nice, and um, I think once again, once Garland starts taking those shots and and, and making more of them, um, or even just the threat of them, I, I think that starts to open things up because, as we mentioned, defenses were eventually going to make adjustments. They they're going to figure out the tendencies um, of, of the Cavs players, and we just don't really have a lot of guys that can do a bunch of different things offensively. We're going to have to develop some counters. Bayline's going to need to make some adjustments and. 
I'm curious to see what those will be. Uh, hopefully Kevin Love will be back uh, very soon. <laughs> um, I, I think things could get really ugly without him once, once again, as we saw last season. Um, but for now, it's just kind of the waiting game. So hopefully things turn around and we get a good showing against Miami. It's been a place where historically we have not played well. And that's a coach that we struggled against as well. I think Eric Spolster just gets, as much as we like to make fun of heat culture, those teams play hard. They're exceptionally well coached. They all know where to be. And for a young team that's figuring things out, that, that's not a great matchup. And they don't not show up very often. <laughs> that's kind of what you want to see. And I mean, ultimately, the reality of the situation is it'll be the third game in four days. You don't normally win those. Um, I don't no. think this is going to be fun for a while. And I actually said this um, after that Sixers game uh, yesterday, uh, Bayland kind of talked about how, you know, they didn't get better uh, that night. And we watched him have a hard time with taking big losses in preseason. And, yeah. you know, a nice piece came out later and kind of made it seem like okay he learned that he can't freak out like that over losses I kind of want to see it put into practice like what does John what does Bayline do if this team loses 10 in a row which is likely maybe given this upcoming schedule I mean they're already at four um I I'm interested to see how he handles that because this is going to get worse before it gets better and like you look at the back half of the schedule and it's pretty soft. Lots of uh, lots of winnable games, but early on it's just a it's a meat grinder and it's going to be really 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 tough. They play a ton of western teams, they play a ton of east contenders. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. It will not be, but hopefully we get a few moments within that um, few fun games. Like I, I, I think anytime one of the young guys goes off for a decent amount of points or, or shows some growth, that can help you digest some of those losses because the losses are coming. I don't know what the hell we did to the league to get this schedule. This is absolutely brutal. I, I can't recall anything like this, but um, I, I think it's important to keep in mind even contending teams do have nights where they look really bad. So it's going to be even worse when you're dealing with a bunch of young guys that, that are figuring things out. The swings in how this team can look on a night-to-night basis are going to be dramatic. Um, so how Bayline adjusts to that, how the team adjusts to that, how morale um, lasts it is going to be really, really fascinating. So I think there's going to be a lot to talk about here. Um, but I want to thank all of our listeners. You guys have been really awesome lately. Um, we launched Chase Down Premium. Uh, saw a few of you guys uh, listen to the sample podcast we dropped in there. Um, we're going to try to do at least five of those a month. Um, again, we'll not be taking fr- away from this podcast. I think you got a, a good feel for that um, with these first two episodes. So I want to thank everyone that did subscribe to Chase Down Premium. Remember, you can do so by going to bluewirepods.com slash the dash chase dash down dash premium aka the dash go support us there support us on twitch and if you want to support us the old school way you can do so by leaving a rating review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe help cook those books um and uh if you want to be part of our exclusive discord chat you can send a screenshot of that review to chase at gmail.com we appreciate appreciate all the support no matter how you choose to give it. 
Um, it's uh, it's a really cool part to be. It's cool to be part of this community. I can't talk today. It's been a long weekend. I, I'm rattled. So we might as well wrap it up here. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks to Carter. Until next time, go Cats. And go Bombers. Go Blue.